0: Well, as Tim said, as we opened our service in prayer, uh, we are looking forward to this evening. If you remember several years ago, the the elders presented to you our 10-year plan, as Tim mentioned, which by the time we actually presented it to you was in fact only an 8-year plan. Uh, But we wanted to share it with you, uh, not only because it contained the bombshell that Tim was considering retirement, Uh, But also to help us as a congregation know where we see the church going in the direction we hope to go in the future. Now, we realize that this is not a perfect document, and it certainly isn't an all encompassing document. There's no way that we could possibly uh, come up with a document that would express every aspect of the ministry here at First Baptist Church. But we hope it helps us as a congregation hear the passion of each of our elders and to catch a glimpse of their vision for the future. Even if you don't regularly interact with them about their specific area of ministry Now you'll notice as you look at this document tonight that some things have changed since we first reported to you uh, On this document Uh, we're now referring to it as a ministry mission and vision statement Not a 10-year plan and our hope is that we'll continually put this uh, out before you Also, there have been some changes among the elders Pastor Ron has moved on to a different ministry. David Kastner has stepped down as an elder Pastor Dan has stepped into ministry, Roger Schaefer has joined the team of non-vocational elders, I'm now serving as the pastor of small groups and discipleship, and Tim has decided never to retire. One of those things may not be true, we'll let you decide what that might be. Uh, So after I finish my long-winded introduction for this evening, each of the elders will come up in order and share regarding their specific area of leadership and ministry oversight. Uh, If you listen closely, you'll hear a lot of overlap between the different ministries. That is both intentional and unavoidable. None of us cling to any one of these areas of ministries as ours. Uh, In the plurality of eldership here, we often discuss so many of these areas together and lean on one another for insight and wisdom. Now, we trust that you have the ability to read the document on your own, so we're not just going to come up and tell you what our bullet points are. Uh, You can look at those and see those uh, on your own. Our hope is to try to give you a little bit more of the the passion and the motivation behind some of our bullet points. The last thing I wanted to share with you before we actually begin the uh, presentation is that we welcome your discussion and feedback on all of these things. That is perhaps the most important aspect of this evening, is that we give you, the congregation, the information. And, and tonight is an excellent chance for you uh, to hear that, but also afterwards to interact with us. And in future weeks and months, to continue to interact with us, uh, to ask us questions, to further discussions about our specific areas of ministry and perhaps even to address any questions or concerns that you may have. This way, when you have a question about a specific ministry, you know the elder who's kind of the person that is the point person uh, for that ministry, and, and you know who you can uh, approach with your questions. So uh, we're going to go in just the order of that document, and so the first uh, category on there falls to me as the pastor of discipleship, and I am going to share the first bullet point to use all church relationships As opportunities for discipleship and that's really what i want to focus on as we talk about discipleship here this evening discipleship is one of our our ministries that genuinely impacts every aspect there's not a single ministry in our church that doesn't involve discipleship and so while i'm the elder that oversees discipleship in our church uh, every elder and in fact every church member including yourself should be involved in discipleship ministries of first baptist church This only happens when we are truly leveraging all church relationships, no matter what they may be, as discipleship opportunities. And we have to then purposely be attempting to disciple uh, because it won't happen accidentally. That means that the leadership is constantly looking for ways to develop effective ministry opportunities, see the areas where our church folks are already involved in effective discipleship ministries, and fan into flames those ministries that are doing this well and encourage those things you see discipleship as we've talked about isn't a curriculum or a class that we can teach it's encouraging every believer to use their god-given gifts for the growth of other believers and our local church hopefully you've noticed the excitement as we've launched many different small group opportunities this fall there are women's groups men's groups a couples study we did a couple's retreat Uh, There's adult small groups in Sunday schools, up and running, and so much more. There's opportunities on Sunday mornings. There's opportunities throughout the week. These are all chances for us to grow as individuals and to use our giftedness to sharpen one another as iron sharpens iron. We should be involved in the lives of other believers around us, and it's a great opportunity for us. My hope is that we'll continue to develop more opportunities for us to grow together, but also... More opportunities for us to serve together. If you remember my sermon series from uh, on discipleship while Tim was on sabbatical in uh, 2021, I want us to, st- to see discipleship as know, grow, serve, and share. And I think we're still doing an excellent job of the knowing and growing, but I think we can grow more in the serving together, in the sharing, the developing more people to be involved in the teaching and leading and serving side-by-side in ministries together. So uh, just so you know, that's something that we're going to try to encourage people to get more involved with in this next year. And our goal is always to improve in all areas of discipleship. There's never an end. We'll never get to the point where we say, fantastic, discipleship is accomplished, uh, when we can be done with that. So as we continue to discuss other areas of ministry that the elders are providing insight and oversight for I'm sure you'll hear more about how discipleship is actually involved in those areas as well And that's the way that we designed it here at first baptist church Now the next area of ministry is one that is led by john leaf, but because john is out of town uh, And I am also very involved over at the beacon of hope I'm going to just share john's thoughts on our beacon of hope ministry as he's the elder that is uh, directly in oversight of that he wrote, it has always been the vision of Beacon of Hope Family Care Center to be a vibrant, effective, gospel-shaped ministry of First Baptist Church that provides compassionate, Christ-centered care delivered in a manner that provides or that helps without hurting and serves as a respected, contributing partner in the human services community in Clinton County. In light of that vision, Beacon of Hope strives to minister to enrolled participants and others needing help using the resources listed in the ministry, mission, and vision statement. First and foremost, Beacon of Hope is committed to serving and glorifying God by meeting the spiritual and material needs of families with limited resources. Beacon seeks to introduce people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and disciple them by building relationships and sharing God's word in a meaningful way. Beacon Beacon also offers material support in a manner that strives to help without hurting. Helping without hurting means to provide material assistance in a way that provides, uh, that, that provides immediate relief without diminishing the worth of a person or causing any kind or, of perceived dependency. As part of ministering to the participants, Beacon of Hope will evaluate and implement programs and services that fit within the mission of the ministry. Examples include Beacon developing Bible studies and one-on-one advising providing access to biblically based counseling and access to legal services. You see Beacon of Hope desires to be an open and available to the community 5 days a week, which requires adequate staffing to meet the needs of participants and ensure a safe, encouraging environment. Beacon of Hope also realizes that it cannot provide all the help and services needed to the community, so it does and will continue to partner with other Christian ministries and community and community organizations as appropriate.
1: So I don't know if I'm an elder who happens to be the facilities manager or the facilities manager who happens to be an elder, but either way, I'm going to talk about building and grounds. I'm going to start with just a brief bit of history, more recent history of this church. Many of you will be familiar with this. Um. I couldn't go into the entire history as I think we're approaching somewhere around 180 years as First Baptist Church of St. John's, which is the oldest church in St. John's, if I remember right, and the second oldest in Clinton County. I'm going to go back to 1963 when this auditorium was built. Um, Previous to that, what we call the foyer out there was the church, and what we call the adult wing downstairs was the Sunday school rooms. There was a baptism as I understand it out there um, but this was added on in 63. Um, sometime in the mid 90s we bought the old school across the way that we now call the Ministries Building. Two thirds of that as you know is the Beacon of Hope. The other third is the Youth Wing that we use for junior high and high school. Um, that building was remodeled approximately 12 years ago in its entirety um about 10 years ago we pushed that back wall out we raised this platform we added the balcony um i think that was actually that was probably eight years ago 10 years ago we added the addition from the elevators north the new gym offices and classrooms and i say all that just because i want to make the point that we really need to be thankful for the facilities that God has blessed this church with, um, realizing that we aren't entitled to any of it, but it's all a gift from God. And it's with that spirit of gratitude that we steward these gifts to be used to facilitate worship, discipleship, helping those in need, and reaching people with the gospel in our community and around the world. And as faithful stewards, we... Try not to prolong upkeep or defer maintenance and what God has blessed us with. Preventative maintenance seems to be much more cost-effective than corrective maintenance, and this is why we have maintenance plans, set aside reserve funds, establish adequate budgets, and try to reduce operational costs when we can. Um, A book that's been helpful to me, is called "Entrusted: A Guide to Intentional Church Facility Stewardship" by Tim Cool. It's probably not for everybody, but if you want some light reading, you could pick that up. It's not in our church library currently, but um, and I would I would also add that if you are someone who has giftedness in maintenance and you would like to volunteer around the church, we can always find things for you to do. Uh, I'll finish up with 1 Peter 4:10 that says. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Thank you.
2: I've been uh, working with leadership development for a while. Um, Godly leaders are critical to the spiritual growth of the local church. But how do we find good shepherds? And that's uh, one of the the goals of uh, leadership development. Uh, Our approach for leadership development is twofold. Uh, The first, mentoring, training, and second, observation. Not necessarily in that order, uh, but always including both. And of course, all this is bathed in prayer. So in our observation process, um, we are actively observing um, people in the church we're looking at uh, who is uh, faithful and active in ministry in um, asking critical questions in in observing um, on a weekly and monthly basis because um, observation is you know if, if you're a scientist right observation is critical to what you do it's also critical as, as church elders, as we uh, look and, and see and uh, who are good leaders and are they qualified to lead?
3: Jim Davis and I have worked together on leadership development, and it's something that we've not only discussed but hope to continue discuss in the future, and I think every um, church team grapples with that. How do we raise up good leaders? But not just how do we raise up good leaders, how do we raise up biblical leaders? Because what we do is different than what is done in the world. I do want to mention very briefly, um, there is a section on there in leadership changes, and um, most of you are aware of these, but we want to bring them to your attention again. Again, over the next three and a half years, some changes will be taking place, at least as the plans are now. Um, both of our secretaries will be retiring uh, in that time span, um, Cheryl and Holly, and then at the end of that three and a half years, I'll be retiring. And so just want to bring that to your attention. And, but what I really want to talk about here is um, that after we observe those leaders and mentor those leaders, How do we train them? And this is something that, again, I think every uh, leadership team grapples with. How do you train up effective leaders? And one of the things that Jim and I have discussed together along with the other elders is we can talk about, boy, we're going to have a leadership training class or we're going to have a leadership training forum. But one of the things that God has really impressed upon us is that we need to use all the current avenues that we have. We need to train our current deacons because we have new deacons Uh, we have deacons who we think um, are ready for more and expanded opportunities in leadership and so we want to use our deacons meetings we want to use our missions committee meetings we want to use our small group leaders um, that are already in place and help them and give them opportunities give them challenges so we can talk about oh maybe that person or that person In the meantime, we need to be raising up and training those current leaders that we already have and helping them as they grow in Christ and seek greater opportunities within the body of Christ. In addition to that, one of the things that Jim and I talked about is our Wednesday evening adult Bible studies. For years, we called them Bible Institute classes. Some of you will remember way back when Pastor Ron and I were heading most of the Bible Institute classes, and we had a curriculum that we used that actually had a certificate from Bob Jones University. Well, Bob Jones discontinued that curriculum many years ago, and um, so we've decided um, it's very difficult to find curriculum um, that ends in some kind of certificate or award, So we're going to really focus on just calling our Wednesday evening adult classes adult Bible studies, focusing on good biblical depth and theology and helping our people to be grounded in the faith. I won't go into it tonight for another subject, but statistics and surveys continue to show that many conservative evangelical Christians do not have a solid grasp of what they believe biblically and theologically, and we need to continue to train in that area. We think Wednesday night is a great opportunity. It's, it's kind of a pros and cons. The pro is uh, we have men and women who can come, and Awana is there, so child care is already taken care of. The con is those who are leading in Awana aren't able to participate, so Pastor Chad is working hard for those people who are involved in ministries like Awana to have other opportunities.
4: I'm glad that Tim mentioned some of the leadership change things uh, because uh, part of my philosophy of uh, ministry and has been for many of the years that I've been in the pastorate, which I think this next year will be 29 years, um, is based out of what we read in Ephesians 4 about God giving leaders to the church for the specific purpose of equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry. Um, You see me up here almost every Sunday, and I'm thrilled and happy to do that, Uh, but I can't always do that. Um, Some of you may or may not remember back when we had our service in the park, uh, I was not in attendance (laughs) because two days before I had tested positive with COVID and thought maybe nobody would want to see me. So two days beforehand might have been three, I then need to have people step up and take those roles. I'm thrilled to have um, been able to see others step into the gap and take on the areas of ministry that I was planning to fulfill uh, and to do those. So part of my goals that you read in here are really all about that um, I'm good at some some things. God has enabled me with gifts and talents, but really it's about enabling those that attend services here with me to take skills that they have and use them as well. Uh, I was able this summer to um, incorporate probably the first new instrumentalist we have had come on board in several years, in Steve Felposh being willing to play guitar. I love playing my guitar, I love singing, but I'd like to not have to do it all the time if there are other guitarists out there that can do the task. Um, You see me with uh, a number of vocalists, uh, other instrumentalists. Uh, We have uh, uh, people in the back who work tirelessly uh, to make certain that what we see and hear on a Sunday runs seamlessly and that Uh, The technology works so that those that aren't here can see that on live stream it's important that we uh, take people that are in chairs that have skills in those areas and get them involved uh, in ways um, for instance I, I will say this tonight was the first choir rehearsal we have had since early 2020 And I have to tell you, it was a thrill to be able to sit down uh, as a group and embark on the process of preparing what we'll sing for our Sunday night fellowship two months from now. Uh, So be in prayer for those things. If you know of instrumentalists out there that I am unaware of, please bend my ear or bend their ear or drag them by the hand to me and say, Pastor Mike, this is something you need to know because some of you are out there and are hiding from the music pastor intentionally. And we need to talk about that sin in your life. So <laughs> equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. That's our goal.
5: I feel that no area of ministry um, applies more than what the one I'm focusing on. All the the elders are involved with shepherding but that is the area that I'm concentrating on and with regard to that as the Lord leads my hope is to build a team of believers who will watch for people who after being greeted at the door find a welcoming as they come into the sanctuary and and mingle in the foyer it's to encourage members to watch for people who are at present who at present seem to have little connection with the overall church body, to give them a warm greeting and introduce them to others in our church to inform them of ministries in our church with which they can connect if they wish to do so. I hope to develop a greeting and visitation training program, to develop a more extensive visitation program That will include the sick and elderly who cannot attend and would enjoy a visit, and also new people who visit our church and would enjoy a visit from members of our church to answer any questions they may have. The Bible verse I'd like to refer to is Hebrews 10 24 and 25. Let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together, but encouraging one another and all the more as we see the day drawing near.
6: I'm uh, working in the area of world missions, and if you're there on your paper, I'm actually going to Use that some, so you might want to look at it. I just want to highlight a few things that we're seeking to pursue. Some that haven't yet developed yet. But the first one, first bullet point, um, we're trying. To, we want to. We aim to. We pray for. We want to raise up from our midst and others from others, others from other churches, um, missionaries, men and women, men or women, men and women, who would go. To the uttermost parts of the world, right to the unreached and unengaged—that's that's a huge part of what we aim to do here. We want to see God's name known amongst all peoples. Then I want to direct you to the third bullet point. That's uh, something we haven't yet developed, but it's a real desire of mine. I think a very important opportunity, a ministry, and a need to look for ways to send some of our own leadership, our own people. To those missionaries that we actually send out overseas. Right now it's with the Shafers and the Shafers. We don't want to just do it. We want to do it when it's timely for them and it can be helpful for them. That's uh, the third bullet point. Second bullet point, uh, develop uh, regular training times for all our teachers, from the little kids all the way up, and uh, small group leaders, adult teachers, um, to train them, help them to know how to integrate intra- integrate the story of the Bible in their teaching. We believe very strongly that God has made it clear from Genesis to Revelation that he's all about reaching all peoples, some from every people, every tribe, every language, and we know there's many that have not yet been reached, and so so that's what we mean uh, by that, To 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 understand the story of the Bible and how it shows up everywhere. So as we're teaching uh, Sunday school, we're, as we're leading Bible studies, we're working on that together. And then the middle uh, bullet point there, I'm not going to read it, but it's, or, uh, yeah, oh, uh, sorry, I, I was on that. So I want to direct you now to the front page and the fourth bullet point under discipleship. We've, we've decided that that's really at the heart of what God has called us to do as a as a church to raise up world Christians to raise up those who would understand that the story of the Bible is God is about reaching all peoples from every people group and and to become a world Christian is someone who has begun to understand that who begins to realize oh that's what God's about it's not about me it's about Him for His glory and Him reaching all peoples. And so in that vein, we seek to, and we're trying to develop ways to train, and we, I don't know if you notice it because it just happens, but um, our, our preaching team here really often includes the story of the Bible. When they come to a passage, that talks about it. And a third way, we try to pursue this, and we're doing it again. So this is an announcement. A lot of you know, some of you don't. We are going to coordinate for the seventh time in St. John's, the Perspectives on the World Christian Movement course, a very extensive course, a challenging course, a demanding course, a course that if you take and do the work, you will understand exactly what I'm talking about up here and you will embrace it. And so in the back, these aren't, these aren't unlimited, but if you have any interest, if you want to know anything about the course, pick up one or two or if you've taken the course, if you're an alumni here and you want to promote it, pick up a, a couple here, and we'll have them available on the on the wall for the next two or three months. We actually start in January, so we're gearing up for it. So there's a brochure, just a generic brochure, and there's a, a promo card that on the back has the details of our particular course. It's going to actually be posted at Agro Liquid, like it was last time. So that's uh, that's what I have, but uh, we're excited about doing that. And if you haven't taken it, you should take it. If you have taken it, you're welcome to come back for a refresher course free, and you are charged with the need to pray and promote. Thank you.
7: I get to bat cleanup. Um, my name is Pastor Dan. My, my scope of authority is anyone under 18, generally, high school down to children's ministries. And uh, so there's a lot of overlap in what I'm trying to do in those ministries. And I just want to really highlight two things that I'm really focusing on right now. The first is this. As parents and as church members, the the primary disciple makers of children are, are the parents. It's not, you don't just get to send your kids to me and I'll disciple your children for you and then they'll just be fine. No, you guys see them seven days a week. I see them maybe twice a week. So the... the the primary role of discipling is, is the parent. And so what my goal is to help you guys as parents have the tools, the opportunities, the the trainings to to better do that, to to better equip you to do that. So I'm looking for ways to help you guys as parents. I've um, got a list of resources that I'd love to give to you. So as parents, if you have any questions about certain things, I might not have the answer. Uh, Chad might have the answer, but I think we... Uh, between the two of us, we can help resources to get you the answer that you need for that. And the other thing is, uh, we have a a gospel-centered youth ministry, meaning I don't just want good behaving kids coming out of our church. I don't want good behaving high schoolers. I don't want just good behaving fifth and sixth graders. I want kids that love Jesus. And so we're going to really focus on pushing hey, this is not what a Christian looks like. We're going to be focusing on this is what a Christian is. This is who Christ has made them to be. This is what their heart's desire is, ought to be. And so we're not going to be saying, hey, just look better. We're going to be really encouraging them that Christ has been good for them. And so that's what we're trying to achieve in our, our youth ministry and our, our children's ministry. And the other thing is so many of you have served faithfully in these ministries for years and years And I want to do a really good job of recognizing your long, faithful service and thanking you for that. So as you guys see people who have just served for years and years, like, man, they've done that forever, and they just never seem to get noticed, let me know so that I might be able to recognize them and just uh, share the encouragement. Or honestly, you could do that too. You should be doing that. But let's be encouraging our our children's uh, workers. Uh, It's a thankless job having to clean diapers, but it is an important job. So we're thankful for those ladies that serve in that ministry as well. As the the new guy, I get to reflect on this as somewhat of an outsider. As I have gotten to sit in elders' meetings for now almost three years, two and a half years, um, I want to let you know some things. These men who shared with you this evening really love you guys. Every month they get together for three and four hours to pray for you, to lead you, to go through hard things for you, um, and to shepherd this church really, really well. And it is not always that way. So these men have really served you guys well. These are wise men, these are godly men, and they should be recognized by you guys as being really great. I can say that because I'm under their care as well. They, They shepherd us, they've shepherd this church well, and um, We should appreciate that, I think. As we close, I I will pray, and then we'll go have dinner together. Our Heavenly Father, as we look forward for the ministry of this church, we are thankful for the work of the gospel here. We're thankful how these leaders, this body has been shaped by the work of Jesus Christ on the cross through his burial and through his resurrection you have demonstrated such goodness to us. you have blessed this church with good leaders, good facility, good flock, good shepherds, and we're just so thankful for that. God, may we be faithful to your word always. As we go off to dinner, God, we pray that it would be a time of warm fellowship, kindness, conversation, and that we would glorify you in our actions and our words. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.